Because you know there's a handful of people actually run everything. That's true. It's provable. Not it's all about not. control. To them we just cattle. Numbers battling each other while they're creeping in the shadows. Scheming, plotting, clocking your every move. Locked in your mind, brainwashed until it's rocking. Got the population operating as they want them. Symbolically mocking them, thinking nothing can stop them. So open your eyes to the lies of the evil. The poison in the minds and the lives of your people. And every time they lead you down the line to deceive you. And by then, it's always too late to see. Through the veil that they hide behind Cause your third eye is blind Better take a stand We running out of time Ain't nobody coming to save us Fuck with you out of mind Arm yourself with the truth And jump behind the battle line Can we turn it around? Yeah, it's possible Divide the world full But united world This is for the world This is for the masses Attached to the strings Being pulled by puppet masters This is for the youth Searching for the proof Keep on looking for the clues I'll provide you with some truth This is for the ones Waking up from the spell Beginning to discover themselves. Yeah, this is for the youth. Searching for the truth. Keep on looking for the clues. I'll provide you with some proof. This is for the world. World. Hey, hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another edition of A Hitchhiker's Guide to Truth. I'm your host, James Cordner. My website is freeyourmindne.com. That's Free Your Mind New England. And uh, tonight is, today is Saturday, April 1st, 2023. We have an excellent show lined up. Um, but first, I really just wanted to like get this right out of the way real quick and kind of just... Um, Go over like the housekeeping at the beginning. So let's do that. So Black Pill Digest is running strong. We've got five in the books. We're working on number six is coming up at the end of the month. This month we're, we're scheduled for uh, for April 29th. And you can find that right here at freeyourmindne.com forward slash live. you find it on the One Great Work Network. Wherever you find this show live, you'll be able to find that on April 29th of this year. Uh, so this month we will be talking about technocracy. We have a couple of uh, prospective guests lined up and we'll keep that a secret until we go live. So, or just there before. Uh, next we have, I wanna make sure that we're still promoting how to become the true media. So enrollment is officially opened for how to become the true media. This is an online technology skill sharing seminar. It's going to be this year, 2023. It's an intensive 23-week technology skill sharing seminar hosted on Telegram by Mark Passio of whatonearthishappening.com. He's got it scheduled every Monday evening at 8 p.m. He starts at 8 p.m. He goes to 11 p.m. That's Eastern Standard Time. So that's uh, the class is actually starting Monday, July 10th, and it will be going until Monday, December 11th. So that's 23 classes. And this, uh, you know, like I just said, it, enrollment's open. So go over to howtobecomethetruemedia.com and figure out how to, um, you know, get enrolled. And this class is for beginners, intermediate, heck, even uh, a computer expert 
can probably glean some really good information from this class. If you think you can do what I do, if you think you can do what a bunch of the other content creators on, say, the One Great Work Network, what we do, we're combating the lies and the deceit of the mainstream media by putting out the truth and becoming the true media. So if you want to get into the pit and really mosh around with us, get over here. This is a great place to start. If you think that you don't know, if you think that you don't know enough to do this, well, guess again, because he's going to make sure that you learn what you need to learn to really get some legs under you about that. Next, we have, of course, uh, we're streaming live on the One Great Work Network. Go over there. There's over 70 great content creators over there on the One Great Work Network. The team is phenomenal. Um, and that is also a, a brainchild of Mark Passio. And uh, I'm, I'm a content creator over there. Go over there, check out the other guys and uh, see who you can find that you like. Next, is, I want to make sure that I'm promoting the Seed 5 Metamorphosis. This is going to be an, uh, a free online conference about the occult, esotericism, freedom, history, philosophy, symbolism, and natural law. We're going to be doing this on September 23rd and the 24th of this year, 2023, featuring an all-star, absolute all-star lineup of speakers. Uh, myself, James Cordner, Douglas Martin, Nate Cap, Mark Passio, Chris Jansen, Will Keller, Brandon Martin, Leslie Powers, Brandon Spencer, Patty Lager, Dorian Greens, Colin Smith, Dylan McCormick, Mark Devlin, Corey Andrulot, Logan Hart, and Sethicus Boza. Um, I'm sure that there's going to be much more than just uh, this this lineup of speakers giving their presentations. Um, so go over to uh, seedtruth.com to uh, get on board with that. Uh, and maybe I've got the website wrong again. I apologize, but we'll make sure that, uh, we nail that down for next time. And that does it for the housekeeping really. Um, so without any further ado, I will bring in my wonderful guest this evening, the great and powerful Mario West from love, truth and beauty.com. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so happy that you're here, Maria. I'm so happy to meet you. And I can't wait to see where our discussion tonight goes. <laughs> Thanks for having me, James. Uh, yeah. My pleasure to be here. And uh, it is an honor. And we're going to have fun. Oh, yeah. Fun indeed. So how are you? Uh, tell me about yourself. Who are you? What do you do? And uh, let's see where, see where we got uh where we're going to go with this. Well, I have coined myself as the grandma of One Great Work Network because I'm I'm probably the oldest person on there. But that's okay, you know, it, I've just been here longer. <laughs> so, talk about being in the mosh pit. I mean, it has been like literally a mosh pit. And uh so back in the day, you know, in the 70s when I was a teenager and uh was already in the throes of the Hermetica um, when I was 12 and going, oh shit, man, we are in trouble here. And having nobody to talk to about it because everybody was, you know, out screwing their brains out or doing drugs or getting drunk or whatever, and not really seeing the seriousness of what I thought what I knew in my heart of hearts was human slavery, that, you know, people are just zombies out there and they don't care except to have their, you know, 
their next hit of pot or their next drink or their next uh, orgasm or whatever. And so for myself, you know, the shadow work and the great inner work has always been in the forefront of my life where, um, and especially being exposed to the hermeticum so young is to be able to, uh, you know, catch myself and go, wow, do I really want to think that way? What do I need to do here in order to up-level my my life, my circumstances, in order to be able to uh, thrive, thrive despite the fact that everybody around me is a zombie, you know? And uh, so back in the day, one of the first zombie movies, it was Night of the Living Dead. So I was just like, dudes, do you not see this? It's happening. It is happening. And people are like, oh, Mars, you know, you should just chill. Have another joint, you know, do something else. Have a good time, Um, which I did manage to do. But I think, um, you know, when you leave home really... Uh, at a young age. So I left when I was 14. You got to figure your shit out because nobody is going to give a handout to you. And any kind of handout I discovered had a price tag on it. And I wasn't willing to go there. You know, I didn't want people lording over me or uh, me being dependent on other people. So I quickly figured out a way to take care of myself. And a lot of that was like really listening to my body. Really, if something felt off, it was because it was off. And I really, really trusted that. Um, So I'm no stranger to, and I'm also no stranger to fucking up a lot. I've made a lot of mistakes, a lot of bad choices. But then, you know, I, I think I'm one of those people that I tend to be very resilient and I bounce back that if I make a bad choice, I endeavor to learn from it. And I think, I think that's one of like the mainstays of doing the great work and doing shadow work is to learn from your mistakes instead of hopping onto that bandwagon in the matrix. Oh, we're a bunch of fuck ups. We're bad. We're unworthy. And those, you know, chatty you know it's like yeah just keep on you know i mean how do you how how do you quell those voices i i know you know what i mean yeah i know exactly what you mean you know self-doubt self-deprecating kind of uh little voices in the back of the head yeah i i have personally have dealt with that for you know i i had dealt with that for a long time and it was just basically a lot of confusion and not being prepared to be an adult, uh, I guess. And it, yeah. it do with, I know. what is that? I, I think it just, you know, the, that's the way this whole entire thing is constructed. This system that, that we're kind of raised in or, yes. or made to go through or deal with, however you want to, you want to say it exists, you know, or, or how our, our interaction with it exists. I it's, that's where it comes from. The whole entire system it hinders on people having self doubt. Yes. It's the only way a control structure can exist is when the mass, the the majority of the population is crippled with self-doubt. Yes. And with and but personally how I've dealt with it is just basically either inwardly or even sometimes with, you know, 
actually saying the words out loud, um, you're full of shit, but I'm saying it to myself. Yes. And like, no, you're not an asshole. No, you can do this. Get up. Let's go. Yes. So that's just though. That's just the, that's what they want you to think. Like saying these things either out loud or, or in, in my own head or whatever has worked tremendously to like, just motivate myself yeah. to, to do it. You know, that's, uh, that's so good. Cause a lot of people are just overrun by that sort of parental bullying. Like hmm. if you grew up with, I, I grew up with a psychopathic mother. So uh, I learned early on that if I want to feel good, I need to shut that voice off. No access. But, you know, it took a long time for me to do that and to, you know, kind of extricate myself from that ongoing, I mean, just getting beaten up verbally, emotionally, energetically, physically. I mean, you name it. She was just totally into it. And you realize, you know, it was just like one day I realized she was insane and that if I kept believing what she was saying. That would make me insane. And I, you know, my little fairy princess self was not having that shit. It's like, no, no, I'm a fairy princess. And literally, this is what I, what I adopted in my reality. And after reading the Hermeticum the first time around, I realized, oh, yeah, I did good doing that because it was a way for me to disconnect from that outer reality that I was experiencing with this crazy bitch and adopting a new way of thinking about myself and creating this alternate universe within the confines of, of this psycho house, you know? And, um, you know, I used to think that, okay, well, I'm just pretending, but, pretending that I was this fairy princess really fucking worked. It really worked. And, uh, and after, like I said, after reading the Hermeticum the first time, I'm thinking, wow, man, I knew this. I knew this. You want to up level your outer reality. You have to change the way you think yeah. you have to change what you're saying. I am too. And that, alone is just such a powerful thing. And so uh, so many little kids I, I see with their crazy parents. I mean, they're just, you can't think that way. That only happens in fairy tales. That's not reality. It's like, well, okay, don't listen. Don't listen to them. Um, yeah. yeah. And you have kids. Yes, I, I've raised children. So it, for me as a mom, it, it was very important to like, instill that imagination to instill that magical realm and uh, and, and there were times where i was like okay you know how far can i go with this and i just i didn't interfere it was hands off because i realized that no okay the situation that i was providing was you know it was nowhere anywhere near what I had gone through. And I wasn't going to, and I wasn't going to impose any kind of like fear factor. Does it come up for you as a parent? Uh, yeah. From time to time. 
you know, it, it's, and it's a tough thing because the, the whole fear factor thing is largely a projection of, of danger that I perceive that the child does not. Yes. And then I'm like, oh no, you know, that's a large, like largely, you know, how it kind of goes down. And that's, that's also with like the imagination because, uh, I mean, I guess what I'm trying to get at is, is perception is largely built by the people that are the major players in our upbringing. Yes. And perception of self, mm -hmm. even more so how, like what's built by those people. So uh, these, these voices that you get in your head, like the, it, they are kind of echoes of, um, childhood criticism in a, in a way, in my opinion, uh, yes. because you know, um, children are wonderful imaginators. They're, they're very energetic. Um, however, certain aspects of logic and reasoning are things that you gain in time yes. and children well that's what makes them children they haven't had a lot of time they haven't had a lot of life experience yet um i call it being humbled by time and that is something that's very important to keep in mind when i'm for myself when i'm raising my children is that no like the imagination in fact is what in later on in life if they're able to keep a uh, keep a hold of their imagination, that imagination is what's going to help them have a better understanding of who they are, because that imagination comes from within themselves, mm -hmm. and yeah. and whether or not we're, we're talking about uh, of the eventuality of aligning perception to reality, um, but however imagination and some of the stuff that we're going to get into tonight hopefully we uh it has to do with imagination and being able to uh use that imagination to kind of speak to yourself and get to know yourself like where are these right? these images coming from where are these urges these this imagination where is this all coming from what does it all mean what does it mean you know like that kind of thing and yeah being able to keep a hold of that is an extremely important thing, um, which is exactly why the powers that should not be uh, learned a long time ago to extract that from a person and yes. doing and doing that extraction of the imagination from a person is the easiest and most effective way. If you get them young, it's the easiest and most effective way to make them your slave. Uh, right. whichever kind of bondage you so, so choose. So, yeah. um, as a parent, I understand that. And I, I think, and I'm actually going to be doing a presentation about this in the fall about fear, but I think that, um, from what I've been studying so far, uh, a certain amount of fear is, is good. Fear is good. It's cowardice. That's bad. Yes. That so, is a very outstanding distinction. And in that um, through the acceptance of the fear, will we be able to kind of breathe courage into our situation? Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's kind of where I'm at with the whole fear thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I remember as a little girl, um, like my mom was a bully. Yeah, she was just a bully, and she knew that there were certain, of course, 
I'm her daughter. She knows the certain little trigger points that would just crush me. Hmm. And she would just on purpose do this thing where I could feel myself like diminishing and crumbling. And it got to the point and it actually took the feedback of a neighbor who had witnessed this altercation and the altercation wasn't really an altercation. I, um, I stumbled upon uh, a hornet's nest. Oh, Jesus. And I went running. I went running. And I went right, and my mom is at the uh, the kitchen window, you know, by the by the uh, counter, and the she's washing dishes. And she sees me. She sees what's going on. I'm heading for the back porch, and what does she do? She fucking locks the door. She locks the door. I'm terrified, and I've got all these things all over me. They are stinging me, and I'm really, 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 really ill. And I'm terrified and I'm screaming. And um, my mom doesn't come. She's just watching me, not doing anything. And it was actually the neighbor who saw what was going on. You know, our backyards were connected, you know, and she turned on the water hose and started hosing me down, which was which was terrifying. But she was such a kind woman. And she was speaking to me in a way to reassure me that we need to do this. We need to start cooling everything down. And my mom is just, just like that. So my neighbor was horrified, horrified, and had a few choice words to express to my mother at the time, which was kind of amazing because nobody, I'd never witnessed anybody in my immediate family take up for me and defend me in some way you know and of course i ended up in the hospital because i so happen to be allergic to bites and stings and hornets are very i mean they're carnivorous man they take chunks out of you and i had like you know divots and all this kind of stuff but that was actually the first time i actually had real time backup how crazy she was and it took a neighbor to like ref- reflect that, hey, kiddo, that one, your mama is a little off her rocker. And and so it gave me the courage, the courage to uh, really start defending myself. And I was young, you know, it, it's like, no. And so I just became more and more and more defiant in a way where, um, I I learned how to advocate for myself in such a way, do a little bit of pushback, not much though, because she, she had a violent streak and I hadn't quite figured out how I was going to like navigate that and be able to manage her. But I'm telling you, Helga Constantine, her little infiltration there and a little backup, it went a long, long way. But that's that's like what you're talking about, the courage to stand up instead of this cowardice. Like my mom was a she's not just a bully, but she's a coward. It's like, really? I'm I'm terrified. I've got things biting me and stinging me. And you're locking the fucking door. Like ah Yeah, I have um I had for the longest time 
actually a very irrational fear of bees. That's what I always referred to it as. And I, and I knew like why, uh, I knew what had happened. And, um, when I was about three years, one of my earlier actual like memories that I can even recall to this day, 30 something years later, uh, about three years old in the backyard, my sister and I, she's a couple years older than I am. And my mother, my uncle, and my dad were in the kitchen of the house and they could clearly see out in the backyard. And, um, I get, so we live in, we, at the time we lived in kind of a woodsy area and, uh, up here in new England, we have these huge black wasps. Oh man. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're pretty big, uh, considering, you know, you got your standard yellow jacket and then you have these huge black wasps. <laughs> um, one of them stung me behind the ear. They got in behind my ear. I'm out there playing with like playing with my, you know, Jurassic park toys because that first movie had just come out. And, um, I got stung behind the ear by, a, by one of those big black wasps. My sister's like watching me freak out. I'm free screaming. Ah, I'm crying and everything. And I look up at the sliding glass, sliding door window, uh, slide, you know, and there's my mother looking out and she just looks at me. I'm freaking out. And then she just walks away and I'm looking at her like, what the F man? I'm not like, I need help. And, um, her, and you know, my uncle, uncle Ronnie, shout out uncle Ronnie. He comes out and scoops me up and he's like, he's telling, you know, saying there's something not right with him. Like that's not, that's not playing. That's not, you know, and, uh, he's, he, I, he came out and gr- scooped me up and, um, and brought me in the house and put an ice cube behind my ear and helped calm me down and everything. Like that. It was like, Aww. so, but I always had like an irrational fear of bees about that. And, it wasn't the bees that really scared me. I found out doing, you know, and doing some of the, the shadow work upon myself uh, later on in life. I found out that it had nothing to do with bees at all, that the bees were a trigger of this memory of me being, you know, uh, kind of ignored. And that I was, wow. and that like, that it wasn't the bee. It was the, the thing that the bee reminded me of in my subconscious that this thing means you know, pain and being ignored, mm-hmm. but he was supposed to care for me and, and all this other, other stuff. I lost a lot of trust for that person Yeah, on yeah. that day. No um, doubt. I was so little, I obviously couldn't, couldn't, you know, put it together then, yeah. uh, about yeah. something like 20 years later, it was when, when I was starting to get into, you know, mm-hmm. kind of working on myself and making, making some progress and, and getting to know who, like what, what makes me tick. Yeah, uh, that is a subject that came up, and I had to really do some deep diving and try to make sense of it because yeah, that's kind of the whole point of doing the shadow work is that you're you know trying to make friends with this inner monster, this beast within, right? Bringing it, bringing it to the forefront so you can kind of catch the things that trigger you and 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 ask yourself why does it why do i have that anger that animosity toward that other person what is it about mm-hmm. what is it about me that makes me because it's like um stopping yourself from projecting your bs onto somebody yes. else and yes. oh point the finger at them and say oh it's all your fault you're an asshole you did this you did that and it's like well no no no, no. like but why do you feel that way about them 
Like, why is it that you think that they're, you know, in the wrong and maybe they are, but why is it that you feel the need to lash out? Why do you, like, why are you showing teeth? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. That, that sort of knee jerk reaction to, to certain things. And, you know, it, and it takes a lot of courage to like excavate those things and unpack them in a way where you can hold all those different parts of yourself that seem like they're, you know, kind of out of time, out of whack. Is that me? Oh God. You know, uh, the, the parts of ourselves that, uh, like for me, I had so much shame around wanting to be loved so much shame around wanting my mother to see me as good you know and i i was i, I see pictures of myself and i was i was a real and i just wanted and my mother was super beautiful and i would look at her and go my mommy's so pretty and you know i just wanted her attention some kind of acknowledgement and she just couldn't, she couldn't do it. And so that sort of wounding, if you will, um, and I didn't have a father. So, you know, when we get into that sort of archetypal uh, Jungian psychology um, and talk about all of the different archetypes and our inner anima and animus, I mean, my animus what the hell? I didn't know what a man was other than the bullshit that was like spilling out of my mother about, you know, men are only after one thing and you can't rely on them and you, 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 and you don't have a father and blah, blah, blah. I mean, just the whole yammering of, of all this. So having to unpack that and try to figure it out. Um, and then of course, this is during the sixties and seventies. So the whole the whole free love and all that kind of stuff. It was intensely confusing because I didn't have a guide other than, and I wasn't allowed to watch television. So my pop culture exposure was very, um, very minimal in that respect. Um, and, and so just diving into, into books and really being kind of on my own almost hermetically sealed in a lot of ways because I didn't have a lot of exposure. I went to an all girls school to um, for school for the most part. And just the inquisitiveness of, you know, trying to connect the dots, as you were saying, why, why is it like this? Why am I feeling this way? You know, just asking those questions uh, of yourself to, because if you're not having a dialogue with anybody. And the only feedback that you get are from your uh, caretakers who are extremely negative or extremely, extremely hostile and neglectful and abusive. I mean, you're kind of fucked in, in terms of, um, it, you know, I saw the world as that. But then on the flip side of that, as my fairy princess self, I had such an intense relationship with nature and and the, the beauty of, of flowers and the trees and, and um, uh, my environment was really physically very, very beautiful. So I had those contrasting polarities of what was in the house and what 
I was exposed to in my outer environment with nature. That's amazing because like that's that's a big part about spirituality in in a in a sense is that we're you know uh, I believe it's called animism where mm-hmm. where you know that's the I guess the belief where like everything everything is it has spirit within it mm-hmm. you know, yes. like animating the animating force of nature and and um, being able to tap into that. At, an, at a young age and under, having like a, even a rudimentary understanding of that or like a beginner's understanding of it mm-hmm. is so beneficial in the long run because the earlier you get in tune with nature and understand that that is, that is the truth. Yes. You know, like that nature is the truth. Like nature is a perfectly, it operates perfectly. And the sooner, the sooner the better is what I'm getting at there. Um, should uh, we, uh, should, so true. Yeah. Should we that's establish like a, a baseline of, of when we're saying, when we're saying the shadow, shall we establish a baseline of like what that really is? Sure. Would you like to take the, take the reins on that? Well, I, I think the shadow is all of the, the parts of us where we're just questioning, just questioning what the fuck? And, you know, because we all have this sort of, I, I think we all have this, it, it, it's a, it's an intuitive sense that's heartfelt in the body. I know for myself that when the contrasting experience of me as a toddler, for instance, being in my mother's house Versus the freedom that I experienced the moment I walked out the door to the outside and feeling the sun on me and, you know, taking off to my my favorite spot was uh, near my near my birch tree. So we had birch trees and I love those trees. They were very, very, very magical. And just the running, the glee of running to my birch trees and feeling that freedom, I can't even, uh, all I can describe is that I would feel just the air of the sun and I felt like I was going to burst in all directions. It was so exhilarating. And that contrast where it's like, yes, this is this is beautiful. This is what I want versus the the, the confining, the suffocating, the uh, the crushing uh, energy of my mother, that monster. okay? So I think the the shadow aspects are those those contrasts where you have these, uh, exhilarating, expansive experiences. And then the shadow parts are just these, you know, they're frightening. They're, uh, it's that, it's that feeling that you don't matter. And why is it you don't matter? Um, the feeling where you're trying to get their attention and they're not paying attention or they don't care. They, totally ignore you or send you away. I think the shadow parts are all those parts that just get 
crushed, ignored, dissed, slapped, uh, shamed, guilted, made fun of, uh, pushed away. Um, like my mother would just close the door on me. Like just close her bedroom door in my face. And I'm just like this teeny tiny thing. And you're looking at the door going, oh, and and so for me, there was just so much shadowy stuff. It, it was scary. It was scary because no one's validating your existence when you're in those places. And you kind of have to, you know, turn into the fairy realm. And luckily, luckily, I had a very uh, expressive imagination that w was able to, like, um, give me comfort. And um, I think I was just making it up. But in hindsight, I don't think I wasn't making it up. I was actually connected to that realm. And, uh, you know, you were talking earlier about how the matrix, uh, the powers that shouldn't be, the powers that want to be, that's what I call them, you, mm -hmm. you know, they're hell bent on completely uh, uh, getting us to forget about our our intuition, our ability to care for one another and lock us into this limited five sensory reality where uh, imagination, intuition, there's no such thing. Your sixth sense, there's no such thing. There's no such thing. Well, you know, in the fairy realm, in the true quantum field, creation field universe, absolutely, we have seven senses. And so to be able to access our imagination and our intuition, for me, our, our sixth sense, that aspect is, it's the portal to all that is known and yet to be known, because we can imagine a different realm. And so the contrast between the shadow and the light, you know, which is why I really liked how you said, when we're doing that great work and we're doing the shadow work, we bring the shadow, we bring those little monstrous selves of ours no one gets left behind. And mm. that, I think that's part of the shadow work integration is that we don't leave the monster behind. My monster is fucking kick ass, man. And, you know, when I'm feeling like I'm pushed up against a bully, that monster, that monster within me, she can come out and bare her teeth and get people to back the fuck off. You know, and I think those are necessary components. But, you know, when we feel like we're we're either running away from these parts of ourselves. It can feel really, I think, intimidating to turn around and face them and, you know, offer up our hands and, and join hands and, and have a little conversation about, hey, you know, what's up with that? What's up with being so scary? And that's where more courage comes in. Yeah, that's the, that is the, that's the play is to do the to create that disconnect of the ego and the shadow right mm -hmm. or and yeah. um, to make sure because that's that's how you again that's how you keep people easily controlled yes through um the lack of self-knowledge yeah. so the idea of the shadow being this thing that's built over the course of your life 
And this is why the shadow work never really stops is because it keeps, it, it, it's like, Oh, you know, I hear people bitching about it all the time and people even making fun of it. And it's like, well, no, this is like a real, this is like a real thing and it's a real method and it works. Mm -hmm. It's tried and true. A lot of people have benefited from it and the idea of it never ending. Uh, I think it's misunderstood um, from time to time because at some point you do reach this plateau where you know enough about yourself and you understand how, how the inner self, this, this shadow self of yours was built. Um, however, now it's like a loaded gun. Yes. And, and that's where like the, how the work never stops. Mm -hmm. You got to keep yourself in check. And that's, that's a continuation of the shadow work. Yeah. And so they, to begin, it's like you have to get to know it and then you have to reason with it. You have to understand it and then find a way to integrate it. So that way it doesn't overcome you. Mm -hmm. It's not the thing that's calling the shots that you can have it like a, um, uh, my, my friend, Sean, he uses this, uh, uh this yeah, kind of, Sean. yeah, Sean McCann. He's awesome. He uses this, um, this saying where, you know, he uses it in certain, uh, different, different, you know, different ways for different, uh, ideas, but it's like an arrow in your quiver where you can, if you need it, it's there and you yeah. can use it. And then, you know, it, and to even take it a little step forward, like you can, you can release the arrow from the bow and then you can possibly even go and retrieve the arrow, but that's, that's, <laughs> that's a little better than he goes with it. Anyways, uh, I, I really like the way he, he says that and, um, so that's, that's kind of where people need to be with it. Um, uh, mm -hmm. yeah. and then even, even more so than that, it's not even just an individual thing. Young, he uh, understood it in a way that there was a, a shadow of society itself. And, uh, my understanding thus far is that the societal shadow only gets healed on an individual basis by individual is doing the shadow work yes and then realizing that and realizing that they uh can control themselves because the societal shadow gets it, it's uh it is what leads to things like statism and governments having uh, the ability to rule the roost yeah yeah and, and, yeah. What, and then well, and people getting lazy because they don't want to look at it it's better off to just give up your sovereignty and your authority to those outside you. Like, I don't fucking get that. I just, I don't get it. And I've been looking at this for decades. I'll be 64 this year. And I'm just like, how do people just suck up to this? I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't understand it either. Uh, I know, I know how it's done. I just don't under, I personally just don't understand how one can really live a life of bread and circuses mm -hmm. and, and be happy with that. I, I, I honestly, I just don't get it. How, like, I understand the, the fanfare and the appeal of going to like a sports ball game or whatever, the, what have you, you know, I, I understand that part and um, how it can be entertaining I understand that part. I just don't understand how you can, you know, kind of just get stuck in that cul-de-sac. And I don't, how do you go through life not uh, wanting to understand more? Yeah. And 
then, you know, there's people out there that get to a certain point and then they kind of trap themselves with the whole, well, there's nothing I can do about it. And it's like, mm-hmm. maybe not on an individual basis. There's not, you know, the, um, not to say that one person can't make a huge difference. I fully, I fully uh, believe that one person can make a huge difference. I know that sounds kind of like superhero ish, but it's not, it's yeah, like, it's, it's true. It, but there is a little, still a little bit of truth in the idea that like, I'm just one person. What can I do? Well, you can, you can definitely do a whole lot more when like you got an army behind you, you know? And like, you know, you know what I'm trying to get at? Like, yeah, I do. I do. There, there is, there is comfort in numbers and you know, the power of an individual taking a stand because what you're doing, like I, I, I have a mantra of, of there are more people like me and I'm never going to get to meet all of them. And so I really like that because I like the way I think. I like the way I think. I like my visions. I like it that I, for the most part, can really see each and every person as their true divine creative natures. Doesn't mean they can see me that way, but I really hold true to that. You know, I really uh, do my best. And, and I've been doing this year in and year out. And as I've gotten older, I've had to review some of the sort of uh, assumptions that I make, you know, and I like the law of assumption. It is the path of least doing and, um, and doing good, doing things that elevate humanity that do no harm, that are in alignment with uh, aligning with everybody's creative natures and also being hands off about it. You know, I think one of the things that I really had a, a trouble with in terms of that, because um, I, I, the, the work that I do, um, that I've been doing for the last nearly 40 years is handholding survivors of human trafficking. So I'm dealing with, I, I, I'm in the trenches with people who have been horribly abused. And so in the work that I do with them, it's not just about deactivating the trauma. It's about teaching them how to change their thought quality. It's about introducing them to the hermeticum, the first principle of mentalism and really, um, you know, handholding them through the extrication of this horrifying demonic shit show that they have been in, right? And all the while explaining to them, hate to tell you this, but you know, those demons, the powers that want to be, they have every fucking right to exist, just like you and I do. And for me, I had a really, really hard time with that. And it took me decades to be able to uh, hold that reality without focusing in on it because it would piss me off. And um, so, and of course, the more I focused in on what pissed me off and wanting to like, you know, get in people's faces about it and out it, you know, because 
that's the kind of shit that I used to do. And it really took the deplatforming of my first YouTube channel to finally get it that, okay, girl, you know, Hermeticum, yes. Uh, everybody gets to exist. Yes. And here you are. I just kept bumping up against the Satanists. And what happened? I was in their fucking crosshairs. I was in the crosshairs of some very, very bad people. And, and of course I got deplatformed, you know, of course my shit got wrecked because I was not quite, you know, I hadn't quite integrated that if I'm going to see everybody as, as love and divine, that I needed to focus in on that and not focus in on making the demons wrong. You know, I could still know that they are, but I don't have to focus in on that. And so it's like you, you do this sort of reverse engineering of reality where it's like, oh, okay. So what is the outcome What's the outcome? What is it that I want? And aligning that outcome, uh, aligning or rather aligning my thoughts and my feelings and my actions with the outcome that I prefer, rather than focusing in on, you know, fuck the system, fuck this, fuck that, because that is just not a correct way based on the Hermeticum to think. It's not the correct way to feel. It's not the correct way to take action. Um, and I had to check myself. Right, exactly. That. Because it's like, okay, yeah, fuck the system. Fuck them. All this, all this stuff that, you know, it's kind of like the sophomoric mindset of the whole ordeal. And, yes. but then, but, but then the universe wants to know what the fuck you going to do about it, dude. Yeah. You know, what, what are you going to do about it? You yes. can't, you know what I mean? So that that's are you gonna just sit there spinning your tires, bitching and piss and moaning? Yeah, ex whole thing, exactly. Gonna, exactly. Yeah. It's like you get your fucking house in order. And that's yeah. what I had to do. I had to get my house in order. My relationships, the things that I did, the way I felt, all that had to get cleaned up. And over the years, I've had to do purges and check my ass because the stuff that I believed in when I was in my twenties and thirties, nope. They were not applicable anymore, you know, except for the, you know, the golden and platinum threads of being a good person and, uh, you know, coming from this place of the highest, utmost integrity. But, you know, there were a lot of uh, uh, belief structures and actions that I really, I need to check myself. It's like, mm, no, I've outgrown that. Doesn't work. That doesn't work for me anymore, you know. Is that really of the highest order? Oh, no, it's not. Okay. All right. Time to upgrade. You know, it's like you have to upgrade and up level your reality because every single day we are creating, we are activating more and newer and up leveled higher consciousness sectors of the universe each and every day. When as we are upgrading and up-leveling our thought quality, our emotional countenance, and, and uh, when we stop taking those stupid actions that uh, will just waylay us or just waste of time, waste of energy. So my life is designed such that, um, you know, it's taken me a while to figure this out, that I, I everything that I do is in contribution 
to my great work. You know, I don't have a separate face for my relationships and for what I write and for what I do, people I hang out with. No, I am completely on the same plane with all of it. And um, that's a hard one to do. And I live a very hermetic or or hermetic life, not hermetically. See, I I guess so. Um, I know Derek and I have talked about, you know, hermetically sealed meals, relationships and that sort of thing. And I think I think these are what we aspire to uh, ultimately. And I, I mean, how else do we learn? We learn by contrast. For yeah. the most part, it's like, oh shit! I just okay. This is what happened. Yeah, the law of correspondence, the second principle. You know, it's like shit. You know, what's out here is based on what's going on here, and let's make the adjustments. Yeah, that's why it it all starts with mentalism, and that this shadow work is is extremely beneficial toward that. You know, because it gets yourself in line, like what you said about. Um, having the, not having a different face for these different situations. It's yeah. like, no, like Maria is Maria. And, and like, I'm pretty like, much, I, I don't, I make no bones about how I am, you yeah. know, and it, it, it's easier that way. It's, it's really easy that way where yeah, when I, I was growing up, I witnessed my mother. I, this is one of my earliest memories is listening to her recount something that I witnessed and she would have one phone call after another, after another with her friends. And the story got more outrageous and outlandish. And I'm sitting there like, (laughs) like, and I tell people, if you want me, if you want to tell me shit, no, that I will not alter it. I will not white lie it. You know, if you tell me something in confidence, I will keep it. But, you know, I I tell people, look, I, I don't know how to white lie shit. You know, I'm pretty blunt. And, uh, you know, people will tell me, like with my content over the years, I've had copy editors go, well, maybe you could just like maybe tone it down a little bit. Like maybe, you know, uh, say this instead. That would, uh, for me, that would be lying. And and so I, I know when I write stuff, I write articles um, or write blog posts or whatever it is, Uh getting uh getting like my classes together where i i'm just really uh parsing things out because i i am very good at systematizing a, a very large body of work and um uh, i've learned how to uh input this in various application online applications that are free to dumb it down to like fifth grade level because I'm kind of flowery and I've got my own nomenclature and my own uh, my my own terms. And it always feels, it, it makes me cringe actually, you know? And then of course we've got all this, these AI things, Jasper AI and, and uh, what was, what's the other one? Uh, um, Chat GPT. And, yeah, exactly. And I'm just like, huh, 
you know, I'm, I'm not quite sure where I stand on that kind of thing. But I, I mean, I see the appeal of it. I do. I see the appeal of it because ultimately what we want to do is we want to uh, really magnetize people to our work that are ready for that information. And uh, but, you know, it, it, it's like there is that sort of fine line that kind of makes me cringe a little bit. But we have to be able to adjust, I think, you know, and it's rewriting, it's rewriting, it's reverse engineering uh, based on the outcome that you want. Mm -hmm. You know, I want people to be sovereign. I want people to think for themselves. I want people to, uh, you know, I want to I want to create a different different universe that's based on in creativity, co-creation, contra contributionism, um, that kind of thing. In in my universe, that's how I see it, you know. And the powers that, that want to be can suck it, you know. And and it's like how how do you how does how does that that state or that condition come about? We have to do the great work upon yes. ourself. Yeah. First. yeah. And then once we get to the point where we're stabilized, mm -hmm. we do, then we can help others down the path. Yeah. And the, doing the, the Jungian shadow, uh, method is an amazing, uh, is, is an amazing method to yeah. Yeah. work with. Yeah, it, it really is. And you know, the powers that want to be, they know all of it. Yeah, that's what makes them so power, powerful is mm -hmm. that masters at psychology. They know yeah. what makes the human brain tick yeah. and how they can take it. And they know exactly what to do in order yeah. to take advantage of that. That's yeah. why they centralized or, you know, tried to centralize an education system to take young kids in before they can logically come to the conclusion that these people have no right to claim authority over anyone. Right, you know? right. It, that's that's why that system exists the way that it does. You can't take a 20-year-old person and send them into a public education system. You need them to be three or four years old, five years old before, um, you know, before they're able to logically come in, to reason with the situation and right. come to, and they will, would inevitably, the older person would inevitably come to the conclusion that these people have no right. They, they have no, they have no, right to make this claim of authority over us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's yeah. the whole, uh, you know, you can take advantage of a person very, very easily if you have taught that person. Oh, you really, really can. And then when you look at the movies that oh, are yeah. at our children, at, directed at them, and the between the imagery and the pop culture, I mean, it is specifically designed early on to interfere with, I think, child development and to really, really strike the chord and gong very, very loudly the atavism of everything within us, all those psychic imprints of everything that happened, that's happened, that is going to happen. And just all of that regarding regarding men and women, regarding children, regarding, I mean, just the the sort of gender, the gender divides. I mean, 
if you if you want something that drives me crazy, that is one of them right there is the hijacking of two genders. There's only two kids. I hate to tell you, fuck. <laughs> it just makes me crazy, insane. And uh, you know, my um, one of my one of my stepsons um, has a daughter that's seven. So I've got this. I've got this granddaughter who's seven who's going on and on about the judge. She's so confused because they're pushing that shit in their schools. You know, it's like, hi, hi, hello. Like, what the fuck is going on there? And, yeah. And it's it's triggering so, so many uh, uprisings mentally and emotionally and these kids are not they're not developed to and they're not equipped hell their parents are not equipped to deal with the onslaught of this this crazy craziness i mean i be fair I'm, not i mean to be well not fair but to be absolutely blunt and and in people's yes, please that i will say that um the, the kids aren't able to deal with it they're not prepared their parents aren't prepared because their parents never even fucking grew up in the first yes. place anyways so they're yeah. Yeah. Kids having kids babies having babies yes and exactly it's like, it's like you know I wasn't always the most mature guy myself, but when my son was born in 2016, it was like this jetpack got strapped to my back and all of a sudden, here we go, adulthood. Like, And it's like, okay, I was already considered a, in my body an adult. Mentally, mm -hmm. I was... I'll, I'll be, I'll be honest. And mentally, I was still kind of crippled a little bit through the drugs and the alcohol and everything mm -hmm. like that. It was, it was a, it was a kind of a rocky road there for a little bit, but like but you, you fixed yourself. It opens your eyes. It yeah. should. That's the, that is the that is the thing. It's like oh, now I'm going to take these things that I've learned throughout my whole life, and I'm going to really start to apply them, and be a force of creation, knowing that instead of a force of destruction here, because that was really kind of, uh, for lack of better words, in a satanic mindset where mm -hmm. I, yeah. But like then I witnessed this baby come this human coming out of the a body of another. Like it's just like, whoa, like and I helped that. I, I did that. And yeah, so, it's pretty shit, pretty it's a, magical and cosmic. Right. Miracles exist. Oh my god, type of whoosh, just like uh, just in your face, you know, and it just changed my entire mindset. And it's like, okay, I've been learning about these spiritual things, this stuff about consciousness and and everything like that for almost 20 years at that point. And like, I was just like, okay, like, cause I, I was, I was started out on this path very, very young. Like I had people in my family telling me about astrology and this, so uh, like, like all the, all these wonderful things at a very young age. Like I'm saying like seven, eight years old. That's awesome. Like, Oh, the stars and like, and the, the constellations and this is what they mean. And this is what like, Oh, you know, uh, we have, you know, astrological signs and, you know, the, like all sorts of different things. Like my, my mind was racing about these, these ideas at a young age. Like, what does that mean? What does it mean? I'm a Pisces. What is that? And it's like, oh, well, you know, oh, my sister's a Taurus. What's that? What does this mean? Like, what do you mean? She's a, what, I'm a fish. And it's like, no, no. You're not. <laughs> and you know, silly little kid things. And it's like, well, 
the long and short of it is, is that, you know, but through my teens, I, I, uh, I, I lost my, my stepdad who, who raised me this, this story I told about the Hornet. It wasn't really my dad or my, or my uncle. It was my stepdad and his brother, mm-hmm. but they were there from that time about, you know, until I was about 16 and my, my dad, he passed away. And then like, I kind of went a little nuts for almost a whole decade of my mm-hmm. life. Like, woo, just like getting the fights all the time, drinking, drugging, doing all this kind of crazy stuff. Yeah. And, um, and, but like the knowledge I was already primed for it, you know? Mm-hmm. And then when my son was born, I realized that, oh my God, life is worth living. I can do, I can do good things. And now I kind of have to do good things because I really, um, having never seen my real father and mother get along in the same room mm-hmm. my entire life, they yeah. were divorced by the time I was one. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I literally do not have one single memory of them being yeah. kind to one another. Yeah. Um, or they would tolerate one another if they had to, but they were never exactly kind to one another. I think, yeah. I, think wow. I think one time I witnessed my father actually uh, extend a, a, a hand of kind of like a emotional support toward my mother. I have one memory of that. And it mm-hmm. was right after my stepfather died, he gave her a hug and said, I'm sorry for your loss. And that was it. That's wow. it. my entire life. My biological parents never, not once. So, I mean, that aside, like I, um, what I was getting at with that was that like that, um, oh shit, I, I kind of lost my train of thought there. But when my son was born, I just realized that like I, I had, oh, that's what I was getting at is that like, I always wanted to be a dad when I was growing up. I, I, because I had this awesome, <clears throat> I had this awesome stepdad, excuse me, <clears throat> I had this awesome stepdad, and but my real father turns out really, really good guy. Just never got a chance to get to know him, and and mm-hmm. time I had the chance, it was kind of too late, and we butted heads all the time. It, mm-hmm. Long story short, like he's a good guy. I just never knew it. Um, my mother painted a, a picture with a very wide brush. Yeah, about my yeah. real father, and that can be devastating to a young man. Absolutely. And, um, but by the time, but like, I always just wanted to be a dad. I, I, I was like, oh, when I have my, if I'm never going to be that dad, that's, uh, you know, all these things that I, uh, I, I, re- I realized at a very young age that like, you're supposed to make the next generation of your family a little bit more well prepared for their future than you were for your own future. Yeah. Your that's very astute of you. For you, they through your hindsight, you prepare their foresight, and they might not even know that you're doing that for them. Mm-hmm. But like mm-hmm. small little incremental improvements along the path is one way toward, I guess, a state of sovereignty. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I realized that at a very young age, probably, uh, you know, my teens, somewhere around there. But it's been in my mind, on my mind, for a very long time. And that was like when my son was born, I was like almost immediately just kind of just jaw on the floor. Like, what am I going to do? And it's like, well, I'll tell you what I'm not going to do. I took it from, I took it from that ass, that, that approach where it's like, I'm not going to end up in the, in the child support 
system. I'm not going to end yes. up any of that. So I'm going to work with my wife and I'm going to, and I'm going to do what I need to do to figure it out. So this whole thing works out. And that required a lot of inner work that required a lot of self-reflection and that required me kind of humbling myself to the things that I've done that I did wrong and that I, that I continued to do wrong. Even after my, my son was born, I still couldn't catch up with myself, even though I had all these, I was primed for all of this knowledge, mm-hmm. having been exposed to it for geez, like three, I'm 34 right now. I mean, I, I've, I've been, a, I've been around this for a very long time at mm-hmm. this point. And when I was 26, it was he, when he was born, I was around it for a good while then as well. However, I was just like, like I already said, like in this kind of satanic mindset of just like, fuck the world. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I can't affect any change here. I like, I described that guy at the be almost at the beginning of like, oh, I'm just one guy. I'm going to be, I'm, I'm powerless. And it's like, yeah. no, yeah. And you just say, fuck it. I just right. don't you get, even try. Right. You catch a mean case of the fuckets. And you and like and you just you just kind of hang your head in shame and in power and in powerlessness and yeah, just yeah. like kind of live that life, and then it's just like no, like nope. Um, I guess what I'm getting at here is I, I hope that this story kind of inspires people to step up to the plate for responsibility, uh, for the sake of responsibility, either for first and foremost for yourself, because no one else is responsible for you, but you, but more so if like you have other people that have no choice, but to rely on you, step up to the plate for them. And kids, kids, they're freaking innocent. They're innocent. And, And you know, I mean, this is where the, the doing this inner work, like this is how it's done. And you find sort of a harmony for, uh, within and the, like uh, Maria, you mentioned the law of correspondence as that's as within, so without, without yeah. as of, so below. Mm-hmm. And so the more so as the as within, so without. If you're, if people out there listening to this, if you're able to strike harmony within yourself, then you're going to be mentally equipped to find a way to strike harmony in your surroundings. So you're you're acting in harmony, thus you're better equipped to make sure that your surroundings are also harmonious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not only like harmonious in the surroundings themselves, but your place in those surroundings will be harmonious. So your your footing in that space, you'll be in the right area. So like that's that's what doing the inner work, that's what a gr- like a great benefit to it is. And I kind of wanted to help people. I want to help people learn that. Yeah, that that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm curious, um, you and your wife, when your son was born, um, did you two team up? Like, did you have conversations about, okay, how are we going to consciously come together and consciously co-parent, consciously do the great work, do the respective great work, um, how did that come about? I'm curious. I'm just fascinated uh, by, uh, you know, just how we, uh, you know, how we rise above, how we, how we show up for, for our children, for each other, our, our respective mates. 
Right. Um, I, I recognized right away that there would be, um, that there would be problems with the job that I had at the time that and to bring it to like kind of a kind of bring it to that level. What mm-hmm. it really, I, I, I had to change jobs. Um, and because I realized that it, it was going to think it was going to become very expensive mm-hmm. uh, and that we weren't in. So, all right. When my son was born, my wife and I were living at this bachelor pad that I had for almost, like uh, about a half of a decade. And I lived in this apartment since right after about, uh, I'd say right after I turned, the year I turned 21, mm-hmm. I, I was invited to live in this apartment and I had it until, uh, until about six months into my son's life. Oh, and, wow. and and it was a bachelor pad. So I was there for five and a half years. I can only imagine what that was like. Oh, the smoking and the drinking and the fights and the yelling and the this and the that. But like, you know, it was not a dump. I took very, very decent care of it. It wasn't a dump, but it was worn in. Mm-hmm. We didn't want to live there anymore. Yeah. And we yeah. wanted that. We yeah, wanted really. my, um, uh, my wife and I have very similar upbringings. So I won't go into hers because I don't have the right to, I don't think. But based on what I've already said, you can kind of get a picture mm-hmm. uh, of, of what I've said about myself. You can kind of draw a picture. We have very similar upbringings. So we kind of looked at each other and go, yeah, we're doing this. Oh, my God. What does that mean? And that means that we have dedication, that we, uh, that we have a responsibility mm-hmm. toward the child first. And that, and that, in that responsibility, we need to figure out a way to work together as a team because that kid needs, that kid needs the both of us in some capacity. So no matter how our relationship turns out in terms of intimacy, Uh we'll have to have a friendship for the sake of the child. Yeah. And so we, that was our first foot forward was realizing that was what needed to be the, the ultimate, um, if that was, if we weren't going to survive as a, uh, in, in Eros that we needed to survive in, in some sort of, you know, friend, like some platonic, mm-hmm. some platonic love yeah. and, yeah. and that for the sake of the child, we needed to respect each other, that we needed to figure it out. And that was a lot easier said than done, but yeah. add that in mind right from the rip. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. That is, that is. <laughs> such a powerful declaration for a foundation. Yeah. I mean, my hat is off to the both of you. Well done. We were, she was, she, uh, when she was like 22 when she got pregnant and I was, I was like 20, she was 23. I was 25, uh, 26 or something like that. It was 2016. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I just turned 26 to be honest. Anywho, but then, you know, once he, like, once he, once he arrived, it still took, it still took me a little while to get my, th- my act together because I had, uh, I had clung on to this lifestyle of, of drinking mm-hmm. and, and, um, having that kind of fun. <clears throat> and it was like a real tug of war, but I had it in mind that I wanted to get sober. I haven't had a drink in almost two years. 
at this point right today it's almost been two whole years since the last time i had a drink um i haven't like i i decided to get a job uh picking up trash and then i went from being on the back of the truck hanging onto the back of the truck to getting my license to drive the truck and in doing so kind of put myself in a corner they drug test me at random and um it i mean it's done through the state but and i don't appreciate that however having having that kind of having that kind of uh that structure where it's like mm-hmm. oh, yeah, like um i will admit that it that it has done wonders for me uh to not not to keep me off of any drugs but to teach me some self control i feel yeah. like something that i needed at the time right however i don't i don't think that <laughs> i don't think that they should have the right to do that i'd still recognize the i still recognize the benefit mm-hmm. yeah. personal benefit toward it when it's right. like at the time i really needed something to give me that kind of structure because i was doing i was doing blow i i was i was smoking weed all the time and you know cannabis isn't the worst thing in the world but there are you know cocaine is not a good thing yeah no they're 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 not good i've seen quite a number of my friends over the years just fucking go down and it's yeah. not pretty it's yeah, not but pretty. I can... and i think i think it, you know, sometimes we need some of these systems to uh, exert certain consequences that, uh, you know, have severe price tags on them. Right. Uh, but I mean, my, uh, like through doing some, doing the inner work upon myself for the, like really taking it seriously for the last, like, like few years, instead of just kind of like as situations come up, deal with situations as they arise, which was mm-hmm. my methodology in the past through my teens and my early twenties. Um, the past few years, I feel like I've had to really kind of dig even deeper. So in order to figure out my problems with, with drugs and alcohol and everything like that. And I mean, hell, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, um, say that, any, I wouldn't say for me personally that addiction is is something in my like it's not like a gene it's not like a gene for for me I don't know if that really exists mm-hmm. I, I really don't I understand it like being you know people from Irish and Scottish descent are heavy drinkers so yeah I mean that's been something in it's more like a tradition <clears throat> for people of of my um, ethnic background I suppose you would say. Mm-hmm. I don't under know. I I under I understand it like that. I don't know if it's really a gene. I can't disprove it. I can't prove it. So I'll just say that like it was more of an environmental thing and a burying of mm-hmm. uh, burying of traumas, yeah, and, and everything. And so, do you uh, know? Do you have an? I, I'm sure you do. So I'm just gonna ask: What were those specific traumas? If- Aban- oh, it was abandonment issues. Okay. Okay. Uh, it was, it was abandonment issues. It was, um, the divorce of my mother and father, the lack of teamwork on their part to raise mm-hmm. and I, yeah. uh, my mother's incessant crazed, uh, need to make my father look like an absolute demon when mm-hmm. he was not. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. my, and when in fact my, uh, 
uh, when in fact my father had his own issues and he was just trying to figure those out and he just had a tough time uh, and not to make excuses for anyone, but I mean, that's just the truth. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. my, my, the, the trauma, the traumas that I've had to figure out have to do with emotional, uh, spiritual and physical abandonment and abuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, yeah. like the, the things that I witnessed growing up, um, the things that my mother did to my sister and the way my sister got in the way of my mother doing some of those things to me, kind of like taking the bullet. Um, and then the way that my mother would um, uh, kind of make my father out to be and yeah. without, like without us really being at a, without us being able to really formulate our own opinion of the man. Yeah. It's definitely something that I've had to learn to yeah. cope with. Yeah. And to figure out. And that um and um the reason why in my in my twenties it was like really crazy uh for me for a few years there is because in my early twenties my mother had a a really terrible stroke and she got gets she gets off easy this time around because she doesn't really remember any of the stuff mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. my sister not to give up too much of what she's got going on, but um, my sister hasn't spoken to anybody but me and the entire family for over a decade. Yeah. And yeah. and I am pretty much right there with her at this point. Yeah. The pandemic yeah. and everything pushed me over the edge with these people. They're a bunch of fucking psychos in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going on 10 years not having any contact with with my, uh, my mother or my family. And yeah. that came at age 55 for me, because I was the one that was always trying to uh, keep everything together. And, uh, you know, and every time at my expense where there was just abuse and ridicule and just on. And, and actually it was a mentor of mine who, who just finally said, you know, just because they're blood, doesn't give you the obligation of keeping it together. Right. Remember that. Right. And it, and it was the uh, the launching of the first edition of of my first book, where I called her. What was it? I I just wanted her to say, "Hey, good job," and she turned it around on me and told me basically to fuck off and die because I was so selfish. And she hung up on me, and she did it for me. I mean, I looked at the phone. I'm like, "All righty then." It's over. And I I don't regret it. it it's like, it, it's just fascinating to me. The, um, the our, our sort of, it, like for me, it just clinging on to the illusion of, of family, to the illusion that um, I'm such a good person, I'm gonna take the high road. It's like, yeah, the high road and goodbye. And and it it changed a lot of things for me where it created this momentum of all the shit in my life that was half-assed, purged in yeah. and of itself. Everybody was outed for the demons that they were. 
and and it you know it, it was pretty intense and what was outed too was my part in um collaborating with them my part in um putting myself in a position again and again and again and again to put up with shit. And I really had to look at that part of me, that shadow part of me that was addicted to getting beat up, to getting blamed. And I saw her, <laughs> I saw her for the very, very first time, very, very clearly. So, you know, and here I am at that point, 55 and, you know, numerologically five, five, that's a 10. It's a wheel of fortune year where, all of it was just, woo, it was just whirling and twirling and it needed to whirl and twirl. And, you know, sometimes in those times of our lives, it, it you know, the universe is meant to just fucking burn it all down to the ground. And that's exactly what happened. It just burned everything to the ground. You yeah, know, I mean, my YouTube channel included. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. And, and to take stock, it's like, yeah, you got to do a reset. You need to revision, re-envision your life and get these fuckers out of your life and stop being a fucker to yourself. Yeah. I, I and you know, I, 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 um, I, I found it, I found the, the will to forgive uh, her, you know, for, for the things that I witnessed mm -hmm. that did, uh, and the things that, you know, the things that weren't able to be provided for my sister and I, mm -hmm. like, you know, but Hey, I don't have to deal with a narcissist. Yeah. But certainly forgive one. And yeah, I, absolutely. And I, me as well. Me as know, well. And I can, I can kind of, uh, I can kind of, you know, what, what do they call it? Um, what do they call it gray rocking or something like that. It's like a method to dealing with a narcissist where you just keep it real simple, small mm -hmm. talk. Yeah. Don't yeah. let them in. Don't, yeah. don't let them in or, or whatever. Yeah. It's like, I That's have cool. very, I have very little patience for bullshit. I have very little, I have very little tolerance for bullshit. I should say I have a lot of patience for it, but I have very mm -hmm. little tolerance for it. Yeah. I make the distinction there. My hat's off to you. I, I actually, um, I, yeah, I, no, I, mine is no contact ever again. That's it. Yeah. Boom. I, I don't like, I, I really, really, um, have figured out through doing doing this that i don't i don't appreciate the people with a victimhood mindset and you know i yeah. i like people of action i like people that are willing to you know release their baggage just say okay no more you know and like not let it rule their life but like understand that like these are things that make you and that they don't have to they don't have to be the things that are calling the shots necessarily Yes. Uh, but like they're definitely aspects of your life that like, yeah. you, we don't okay. say I am to them. Right. You should be proud of, you should be proud of those things. They'd be like, Oh yeah, whatever, you know, and leave it, you know, not necessarily say it like this, but like in a way it's almost like you got to leave them, leave these things in the past where they happened. Yes. Because there's no sense in getting all caught up in it. You understand it, analyze it, understand it for what it was, but don't carry it like a boulder with you for the rest of your days, Agreed. it's just going to impede your ability to make progress. Yeah. So, I mean, these are the, these are the, this is like the methodology of like 
doing that of like mm -hmm. getting rid of that weight and yes. like figuring Traveling it out light yeah yeah exactly you know because like uh, there's a lot of things you know i i don't i don't mind getting personal on on the air but like i there's a lot of a lot of fine detail within the whole thing but like there are there's a lot of craziness that happened in in yeah. those days yeah, yeah. i hear you you grow up. I, I I moved out of the house. I was like seventeen years old. I I went and I never went back. And um, aside from what, like I love my mother. Don't get me wrong. I I love her. Um, I have I have a lot of love for her as a person. I don't like a lot of the things that she did. Um, and I wish that it was done differently. However, I I don't need to be close with that person. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, okay, we can just create a nice boundary. And, um, and, and, you know, just being in acceptance of the, of, of how it was, it, it's like, there, there's a lot of power in that, right. because it doesn't lord over you. Well, acceptance, a lot of people think that acceptance means that you're just like, gonna be submissive and it doesn't mean that no Except it doesn't mean that at all acceptance just means that you understand the thing that you understand the situation for what it was or what it is how it all went down you're willing to understand it and you're willing to accept it mm -hmm. it can be very acceptance can actually be very empowering yes it can actually be the catalyst to learning how to push forward Yes. It's like if you're going to be in denial about so, – so the opposite of acceptance would be denial. And if you're going to be in denial about something, how are you going to move forward in the light of truth? Yeah. Yeah. You, know? you can't. You can't. You can't do it. If you're ultimately you rejecting, rejecting yourself, those parts that right. you know, you're not too proud of. I mean, we all have them. And so – that lack of that lack of acceptance that lack of invitation come along i'm taking you with me those parts of us because they need to be on the journey our well, life journey this, a lot of this acceptance stuff is like wrapped up in this new age bullshit of like oh man just accept it man you know just like let the tank roll over you bro and it's like, no, like, fuck that. I'm yeah, fuck that is right. I'll accept that we're in a condition of slavery under the, uh, because I, I know that we need to push forward mm -hmm. and I'll accept that because it's the truth. All right. I'll accept the truth and I'll do something about it if I need to. Yeah. If, if the truth isn't jiving with how, with how, you know, with morality, if the, if like the, if the. So like we're in a like I just said condition of slavery like that's where we're at right now as humans that's our condition and mm -hmm. I don't and I I accept that but I don't accept it at the same time because I don't want to I, I accept it for what it is but I'm not going to let it I'm not going to let it continue if I have anything to do about yeah. it so I'm I'm not going to participate in it you know right yeah, thank you pass right so. That's kind of like, that's kind of my idea about acceptance where it's like, no, yeah, you, you got to accept the truth and you got to, you got to be able to like get up and do something about it when it's something that doesn't jive well with, uh, with morality. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, and seeing too, I think the kind of immoral nature of uh, not correcting your thinking, not correcting your behavior, not acknowledging when you blow it, when you fuck up and making the corrections, um, corrections, whether it's it's in your thought quality or in your emotional countenance or uh, just not doing, not taking, not doing certain things that you know are your downfall, that you know are just going to lead to um, more bullshit. Right. I mean, and that is the integration of the shadow in a sense where you're not, you know, where you, where you see the monster, the beast within for what it is. And you're, and you're going to uh, bring it forward and that you're going to be able to kind of, um, kind of uh, uh, like give it like the old triple deke, you know, like, and, and be able to, you know, avoid the triggers and everything like that and avoid the, the projections really is what it all ultimately comes to is being able to avoid the projection onto others because that's all you're really doing. You create like, it's, it's just, that's what you're, that's what you're really doing. Like we, you know, we've, we've seen it a lot lately. (laughs) Oh yes, we, yes, we have. I mean, the, the sort of uh, pretenders, I call them the, the posures of (laughs) the great work. I mean, it's like, fuck off, man. Just stop, stop talking. I mean, there's just, there's just, and there's way too many um, that will just make that it's a false assumption that because I'm making what content that I'm doing great work, bullshit, fucking bullshit. Mm, I don't know. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's just like, no. What are you doing in terms of uncovering your projections out onto the world or your projections out onto another human being, your projections of where you claim to be a teacher of natural law and you're wishing people harm. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You don't, you don't see how hypocritical that is. Like, it just kind of blows my mind. And I, I know a number of people who operate that way and they feel justified. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I hear, don't get it. I hear you loud and clear and I, I agree. It's, it's a, it's a very strange time. Yeah. Uh, it, it's like a disconnect on, on so many levels um, that I, I think it's just, it's either sorcery, demonic possession, all of the above, mental illness, delusion. Right. I mean, there are some, there, there are some, you know, you mentioned demonic possession that there, and to bring it back to the subject matter, there are, you know, Jungian analysts out there that will call the shadow, like the inner demon, like there's like a demon, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, these, (laughs) these kinds of actions you know, these projections and this, this violence, this, this just abhorrent violence that's being wished upon others. Yeah. Um, that is like the, uh, that is when the, the shadow and, and everything has completely taken control. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. that's, 
that's the outcome. Yeah. You know? well, and, uh, and I'm witnessing that uh, it, it, within the matrix construct, the gynocracy that runs the fucking world. I mean, the fucking man hating is just for me, it's just a little over, it's way over the top. And for me, as you said, uh, you said what I do, what, what did that, you say it was? What did you say it was? Did you the say gynocracy? I right. call it the gynocracy. Oh, the, like the running of the world by these demonic feminists, and that's what they are. It's completely satanic. And and these are women who have not dealt with their shadow selves. They have not dealt with the uh, shadow aspects of their animus. They have not. They're so identified by hating men and wanting to kill men and eliminate men. And, uh, you know, and of course, pop culture politicizes all of it. And pop culture just ramps it all up with the atrocities of men and, and you know, with, with all of the uh, propaganda and all that kind of stuff. And what is it doing? It's triggering the, uh, the sort of psychic imprinting of all of the atrocities against humanity where there is this inversion. Men, all the men did it. But if you look throughout history, women were pretty fucking violent. They were worse. So all that is being triggered for uh, all intents and purposes in pop culture and in the matrix to really ramp up the war of the sexes. And, and I know my mother was really uh, uh, overrun by that. And it sounds like your mom was overrun by that as well. And what are, what's the easiest way we do that? We discredit the men in our lives. We run them over. We show them to be these sniveling, whatever you want to call them, pussies or or predators or whatever. So the polarity of either being ineffectual or just these murderous psychos. And, you know, it, it really is the lack of integration between the masculine and feminine energies that are animating women. And I've had to check myself on that kind of stuff. That's been part of my great inner work, my great shadow work, is looking at how I weaponize being female and attack my own inner masculine who's in charge of me being out in the world. And basically emasculating, emasculating him. And that, that was like a really humbling experience when, you know, doing that shadow work and looking at the little creepy, crunchy morselettes that I was perpetrating within myself. You know, the whole thing of over the top, doing, 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 overworking, overdoing this, and not taking care of my feminine nature, because, you know, I was hell bent on, on, you know, making X amount of dollars and, and, you know, achieving these, these goals and being more out in the world, which involves me being more in a masculinized state and then blaming men all around me because I had to do it. Cause I, I can't rely on them. And it, it's so, Oh, it's so insane. It's so insane.
saying, I'm like, wow, you are one vicious biatch. I had to check myself, you know, because I realized that the, the script that was happening, that I was following unconsciously, wasn't even my voice. It was my mother's voice that mm -hmm. I had taken on that uh, somehow I found myself out in the world and being kind of uh, waylaid in many ways by the sort of nasty competitive nature of the women that I, I, was, I was encountering who were never, ever, ever going to do that work. And it was just easy to blame the patriarchy, easy to align yourself with fake feminism and man-hating because then you didn't have to take responsibility for your own immoral uh, imbalance yeah. you're being and doing your your feminine and your and your uh, masculine energies that are animating your physical body and getting right. you to do shit I, I look at it this way the 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 feminist outlook of the patriarchy is to blame for all this oppression and all of this blah 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 gobbledygook uh, it's, you know, it, that in itself is a projection Yeah, and it's because they haven't done the inner work on themselves to be in harmony with their own inner yeah. masculine side yeah. Yeah. that they are projecting that, that shortcoming out onto the physical embodiment of the idea. Yes. It is a like physical representative, yeah. like representative of man and it like I just want to ask the 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 feminists out there, is the patriarchy in the room with us right now? Can you touch like can you touch well, the and it's a fault, it's a flawed <laughs> premise. Yeah. Women give birth to children. To men. Yeah. You give birth to the men. Hello. So hello, hello, hello. It's bizarre. It's just so strange. Yeah. You know? I mean, not to make a joke about it, but I mean, it is, it's laughable where it's like, well, you, you are the ones that gave birth to all these terrible men. Yes. exactly. You know? And you're raising them. Yeah. You're raising them. You're emasculating so, them. Exactly. And you're so smothering like, them. And it's like, it's a complete and utter um, ignorance of the truth of how reality has been built around us in the condition in which we have been placed in yes. it's denial of that. And it's a, you mentioned something that brought the idea of the easy target to mind where it's like, this is the easy target. This is how, yeah, this is low the hanging fruit. So, yes. Thank you. That's exactly, exactly right. It's the low hanging fruit. And this is the best way and the easiest way, the most lazy way for us to make a whole bunch of noise about this thing and not actually have to do any fucking work to fix it. Yeah, exactly. So, like raise your fucking kids. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Raise your and, kids. And, and the then you get into alignment yeah. with, with this weak masculine who's kowtowing to these crazy bitches and, and just, oh, it just is like, it freaks me the fuck out. Right. When I see these men who just are so emasculated and then, you know, that false new age, that new age bullshit uh, notion of the, of the yoni worshiping dude, the soy boy, pardon my French. I, okay. I I'm sorry. I mean, no offense, but I don't know how else to describe it because okay. I've run into those 
archetypes, those types of men that will just, I mean, it, it's just like this vanity of, you know, the, the hyper greased abs and the, I mean, you can't make it up. It's just <laughs> like this. It's like, dude, are you for real? I mean, and they are these yoni worshiping ass kissers <laughs> of the fake feminism where they want to blame all white men. And I feel sorry for white men. I really do. It's just like, and I watch this, you know, and I'm not white. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on here? So, you know, we got a work cut out for us. I don't know. I mean, I look like a white guy. So I guess I don't, I don't, I can't tell you. I just, I, I don't, I, I see it on the, on the interwebs and I tend to wonder if maybe it's a psyop. Um, I tend oh, most to, definitely. So I, I, I kind of reserve it, reserve the idea that it might be a psyop. That it, it, it might it's be weaponized like, woundology. It's yeah. weaponized divide and conquer. Yeah, but uh, as far the, as like, weaponized war of the sexes, and yeah. and of course you you need collaborators. You need people who are going to uh, help. You know, be the henchmen. You know, right? A, a psychopath always needs. Uh, an an empath and an apath in order to you know do their bidding hmm. as far as uh, as far as healing that mindset goes though really what it comes down to like the real work is like raising your kids learning the principles of natural law voluntarism non-aggression self-defense these wonderful, wonderful practices and actually, you know, understanding them, raising your kids under them or, mm -hmm. and, and raising your kids to understand them. Yeah. And that this is where a true equality comes from is once we have that baseline, that foundation of nonviolence and self-defense and that everybody has, that you can't, you can't delegate privileges to someone else or you can't delegate rights to someone else that you don't have first for yourself. And like, that's not reality. Like that's not how things really work here. And like, you want to talk about the cure. Everyone's bitching about the the symptoms. Mm -hmm. Talking about the cure, baby. Yeah. No yeah. one's talking about yeah. the You got to check yourself. And it's not going to be possible to talk about the cure until you stop with your own bullshit. And you get in touch with yourself and you start and you start realizing, no, uh, you know, no, I, I do stuff. And then you, um, I really loved it when Mark used to say that Mark Passio used to say in the early days, well, not maybe not early days, but some time ago, he used to constantly remind people. And um, I, I constantly remind myself about this too. He's like, stop doing this. Stop pointing the finger out. Turn that finger right back around, point it at yourself and go, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. What, what did I do to ca cause this bullshit? Yeah. What, my, yeah. what about my own bullshit? And how is that bullshit affecting others? And he even said, you throw shit at the wall, it's going to splatter and go all over the it fucking place. It surely part. is. And it's like, well, don't throw the shit then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, shit swinging yeah. doesn't work. Right. And it's like, how do you, it's, that's the inner work. Just figuring out your own bullshit and stop mm -hmm. putting it on other people. Yeah. And like, that's what a lot of the, what's going on today with the, with like the LGBTQ crowd and these feminists and all this crazy, like it's fucking crazy. I mean, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying, you know, 
um, much else other than they are fucking crazy. No, they are. They're really, really, really insane. You know, and, and, it, and it's fever pitch. Like you can't have a normal conversation. You can't talk to a psycho like a normal human being. No. It's just over the edge. And so all you can do is extricate yourself from that whole thing. And, and like you said, you got to turn in on yourself and really check yourself and apply the principles to each of the things that you are unpacking and unwinding. I mean, that's the kind of work that I do. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I just get notebooks and I work it out in a journal and then I throw the notebook in the fire and burn it. Yeah. <laughs> that's an interesting method. Yeah. Yeah. That's I call it journaling and burning. Back to even our, our, you know, the baseline of our discussion this evening, Carl Jung, like the, the dream journal and, and everything and being able to analyze dreams, analyzing your own subconscious mm -hmm. and, and doing yeah. all of this work to really figure out what makes you tick. This yes. is the, this is how it's done folks. This is how we figure out our shit. Yeah. Yeah, no, and it, it's totally, totally, totally cool. One of my favorite um, uh, journaling exercises is called the squares exercise. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it just goes, you know, the Taoists say that everything will eventually turn into its opposite. And in the Hermeticum, it's like everything is and isn't at the same fucking time. And a lot of the, the gnashing that goes on in our heads is this back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. So, you know, say, uh, so an example with, with of a square would be, you have four headings. So the first heading is the desire to love. The second heading is the fear of loving. The third one is the desire to not love. And the fourth heading would be the fear of not loving. So, and we unwind this and what you do under each heading, you just write the stream of consciousness things under each of these headings and what comes up for you. And there's an amazing thing that happens at the end of the exercise because you just exhaust yourself writing all these things under each of the headings is that each of these headings are representing the sort of gnashing that comes in your head. And when you outpour it onto a piece of paper and there's a prayer at the end of doing these headings where you declare the integration of all these seemingly polarized opposites, because in essence, they are each one and the same, but to a greater or lesser degree. You know, so the law of polarity, that kind of thing, it, it it just excavates all this yuck in the head. And and for those of us who tend to overthink, such as myself, I mean, it, it's been kind of like this wondrous freebie where it's like, oh my God, I feel such relief. And that that's a favorite. It costs nothing except for, you know, paper and pencil, pen. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's an amazing that that's an amazing method there. Yeah. And uh, it just excavates. Right. And and you could you can make 
all these, I mean, the, the headings are like endless just in terms of what you can get clean and purge the, the gnashing, 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 gnashing that goes in, you know, that mental, that mental fuckery. And it's, and, a, and it's just a way to kind of like, um, to gain, a, so I can gain a better understanding of it. Is it like a, a way to like better, uh, to, uh, get a better gauge on what's going on in your subconscious in relation to a certain topic or a certain yes. situation. Yeah. yeah. It could be any topic that you find yourself just. And then you map out this, you, you map out. It almost sounds like you were describing like almost like a, like a, like a graph, like a compare and contrast kind yes. of graph. Ab absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, the, the, the desire to be sovereign the fear of being sovereign, the desire to not be sovereign and the fear of not being sovereign and write it all out. It's like, what is it? What does it mean? I mean, a lot of people don't even know what the fuck the word means, <laughs> which, which always like shocker. It shouldn't be, but it does. It shocks me. Right, like, what do you mean? Like being, what, what's that? Like being a king? <laughs> <laughs> Sovereign yeah, means being, uh, being like a king, right? Like that's like the queen, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's what it means, dipshit. Anyway, <laughs> so, so this sounds like you would be finding the you you'd be comparing, contrasting, finding the consistencies, and weeding out the redundancies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and accepting the redundancies because that's what you realize. That's one of the discoveries in doing the, these exercises under any category, any topic whatsoever, is you realize there are redundancies under every heading. They're the same. They come up. Nice. And that's our own ambivalence in, in terms of, you know, just kind of like getting real, getting down to the brass tacks of your existence and taking responsibility for your thoughts. You know, because a lot of these thoughts are, are automatic. I, I call them thought balls. It's like, are you even fucking thinking them? Or are you just kind of like latching on to, you know, the sort of whirly twirly uh, psychic material that's all around us? Because we're highly, highly, highly influenced until we're not. And it's like you're, and with your method that you ex, you're explaining there, it's like you're dragging these things from the subconscious into reality by putting them on paper, on paper, not yeah. in the ethereal realm any longer. Yes. It's now you've dragged it, kicking and screaming out of there into the real world, and now you can look at your own bullshit right in front. Yeah, of it's right there. It's like oh, it's shit. right there, right right on the paper, and and then you're like okay, I can really do a lot of confrontational work now. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's in yeah. order, it's in some sort of order. It's in some kind of sense here in my own, my own way. Yeah. And I can, I can, I can progress. That's amazing. Yeah. Mark. I love it. It's so, it's so fun. For a while there, I was just kind of like, like, addicted to it in the sense that, oh, I got to do that one. I got to do that one. Because it, once the momentum goes, you start realizing that you got all kinds of like fucked up shit in there 
that is is so like and it's compressed it's so compressed and as they filter out and they float up you start getting really great at catching all the shit that doesn't belong to you wow. and you can just let them go and then the shit that does belong to you you can actually really get to work wow because a lot of our thoughts aren't even ours yeah. And, and yet we let them rule us. We let them alter our behavior. We let them stop us in our tracks from being authentic and from creating and from expressing our true natures. They allow our true natures to be buried under all these subheadings and subfolders of all these thoughts that don't even belong to us. Hmm. And we, we, uh, we, wow, that, that is, I'm <laughs> that's awesome. I, I'm rarely speechless. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm so glad that we've had this conversation tonight, Maria. Me too. It's been, holy moly. I, I just looked at the time. Yeah. It wow. goes by quick. It goes time, by quick over here. Time flies when you're having um, fun. But we, we've hit we've hit quite the high note with with um with that explanation of your method there and i really appreciate your time and attention this evening uh You're most welcome my pleasure thank you for inviting me yeah um <clears throat> let's let's let people know what you have going on now what they can expect from you in the future and where they can find all of that stuff so you can find me at lovetruthandbeauty.com. Um, I have a, uh, I've got a free class that you can opt in to receive. It's video training on what the fuck waking up really, really is, because it's not what new age bullshit says it is. And it's, uh, it's kind of fun. And, uh, and you can find me on my YouTube channel, Love, Truth, and Beauty. And I'm on all of the alternative platforms other than YouTube, BitChute, Odyssey, um, what else? One Great Work Network. I'm part of that. I've got a fun presentation that I'm going to be doing with the Freedom Under Natural Law people. That's coming up in June. I'm, I'm working on the completion of my three book in one volume of effed wide open the root awakening of the heart-based new humanity um and what i'm doing is i am expanding book two and book three which has a lot to do with uh really talking about the uh the shadow aspects of the masculine and feminine and how they've been flipped so i'm not just going to be talking about the anim animus i'm going to be talking about the the triggers of um, the atavism, the psychic uh, DNA material of men and women throughout our history, not from an anthropological uh, um, uh, perspective, but more from a perspective of um, my experience uh, with my clients and my students and also with myself, my own discoveries, uh, utilizing the great work. And um, so that's going to be fun. And it's it it 
it's fun excavating all of this and uh, putting it all together. And um, yeah, and I'm I'm in a I'm in a beautiful relationship with a Scotsman. <laughs> My Scotsman, yeah. So uh, and that's and that's really good for me because I wasn't in relationship for a long, long time. And uh, I in while I was in Europe, I got uh, yes, I got kicked out of Europe just before the COVID. And uh, was here for, was back in the States for only 12 hours. And I met my man. So during that whole lockdown, I I fell in love, you know, with a worthy man. And it's awesome. <laughs> it's really awesome. That's great. Yeah. So great. that's it. I'm happy. Well, I'm glad that you're, you know, staying busy. Yes. It sounds like you're it's staying very yeah, I'm glad you're having fun with it as well because some people find themselves being burdened by this as if it's Yeah, no, I need to have fun. I, yeah. I'm a happy, happy girl. I'm still that little fairy princess beneath it all. You know, and I have grandchildren. So you know, I can't be a curmudgeon. That just that <laughs> sucks. You know. Love that word. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to be a curmudgeon. I don't want to be some a curmudgeon people. old lady. Stop. Some no. Some people enjoy being a curmudgeon. I know and, they do. They they enjoy it way too fucking much, if you ask me. Yeah, and you know, I I don't know. I I have no tolerance for that either. Excellent, get a, excellent. Get away from, yeah, get away from I me, never, so. I never have, and I think it's one of the reasons why I still have so much energy is because I don't fucking buy into that stuff at all. Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna have to have you back again. All right. And uh, maybe we can love that. We can figure that out pretty soon, and uh, and and whatnot. But yeah, um, thank you so much for being here again. And um, you know, reach out, reach out anytime. And, okay. Yeah. Uh, if you need anything? Yeah, and, I need to. I need to have you on because oh. you you have a fascinating story, uh, and I really I really dig your fatherhood vibes. I I I think that is so important to model um and th the conscious modeling of it and and really coming from a, a place of of realness just real deal human evolution i think is really really important so uh we'll set that up yeah for sure thank you so much i would love i would love to uh uh, I would love to have the shoe on the other foot, as it, as one might say, yeah. for, in a conversation between you and I. That would be that would be great. So awesome. I look forward to that for sure. And um, yeah, like I said, contact me anytime okay. you need. Okay. I got your number. You got mine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, Maria, take care, and um, I'll I'll see you very soon. Okay? All right. All right. Thanks, love. Mwah. Bye-bye. Bye, okay, everybody. Maria West, the great and powerful Maria West. And um, so in closing, uh, I want to give a shout out to Chris Nelson. I see him in the chat there and um, see somebody else in the chat there, Jay Free Norman. And I uh, wanted to say thank you to the people that showed up in the chat this evening for uh, their comments and their contrib contributions to the the conversation, although we didn't feature the comments this evening and during the show, 
such a dynamic conversation between Maria and I. Um, so um, before I go, I would like to just uh, make people aware of one last thing here while I pull it up and see if I can let people know about this. I'm just going to hold on one second. And so the doing this in the digital space is, is difficult. It has its, it has its, uh, has its moments where it's pretty difficult that keeping up with, with, you know, um, technology and the things that are needed in order to do so. Uh, so if you out there are interested in maybe contributing to my, my cause here, um, uh, through the, through like a donation, here's what you can expect. So, uh, what you can expect your donations to go toward would be tech items needed to improve and continue the show costs associated with keeping my website free your mind, new England online costs associated with traveling to various Liberty events. I'm looking forward to um, getting a couple of tickets to go down to Pennsylvania in the fall to uh, watch Mark Passio's um, presentation live and in person. And that's going to cost some money uh, costs associated with attending, you know, different courses such as maybe even one day the autonomy course provided by Richard Grove, um, which is uh, not cheap. But I mean, these these are just things that if if donations are made, these are what you can expect them to go to. And of course, uh, as many people, longtime listeners of this show already know, we we homeschool our kids, so we. Um, we would also be using any sort of donations for, you know, gas money going to different little field trips that we plan or, you know, other uh, materials and whatnot. These donations would just be general donations toward things uh, that can either go to the show or to help lift a little bit of the weight off of our shoulders with things going on in the home life. I do have a job and it's a steady job. However, um, things aren't getting cheaper. So if, and I know everyone's struggling, but you know, if there's anyone out there that feels like they have gained value from this show, we're talking a value for value type of exchange here. If you would like to make a donation, it would not go to waste. You can do that at PayPal or Venmo. You could heck even come over to Odyssey and become a member at the Odyssey channel. Uh, or if you would like to receive something in return, you can go check out like the five or six t-shirts that I've got posted on the storefrontier.com forward slash hitchhikers guide. And just come on over to free your mind, new England, free your mind, any.com forward slash donate to figure out, um, if, if, uh, one of these options is right for you. And so, oh wait, I never even shared it <laughs> anyways. So yeah, here's what the, <laughs> I didn't even share it. Cause I'm, uh, I didn't, I didn't know that, but here's what the, here's what the uh, website looks like everybody anyway. So yeah, thank you very much everyone for tuning in and, uh, and checking out this, this episode tonight. And, um, so in closing today, I have a special treat for everybody and it's a, a song we're going to be closing out with for the listeners out there, people just listening, you might want to come back for this part and actually Oh, not that one. And actually watch the the video here because there's some information regarding the Jungian 
shadow work. So in closing, I bring to you guys to your ear holes and eye holes, uh, song by tool called 46 and two off of their 1996 album anima which is a enema of the anima of the <laughs> so uh, a lot of a lot of stuff going on with that album but it's one of their greatest works and i i really wanted to share this so enjoy and i will see you guys next week i have none other than the great brandon martin scheduled to come on next week so uh, pay attention to that. Come on back 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at freeyourmindne.com forward slash live. Get in the chat. You can even watch on YouTube if you wish. I don't mind. Just let's get it together, folks. And as I always say uh, at the end of most of my broadcasts, I'd like to remind everybody out there that doing the right thing isn't always easy, but it is still the right thing to do. And we have to figure what that right thing out is and uh figure out what that thing is and do it just because it's the right thing to do not because you're expecting some kind of reward or a pat on the back or an attaboy but just because it's the right thing to do we do that and we could actually turn the world into such a better place for the future because we can't be selfish enough to think that we deserve the whole reward we have to figure it out for the future as well blessed are those who plant seeds for trees under whose shade they will not sit i love you all have a great night